We are going to energize the country. We need to wake up and smell the coffee. The independence case is a powerful one. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Order! Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I am delighted to be joined once again by Armin Tesfai, the BAME rep for Open Labour and an activist with the 1987 caucus. Welcome back to the podcast, Alban. It is absolutely fantastic to be back. Thank you for having me. Uh, Well, the first question uh, that I'd like uh, to ask you is, for those who aren't perhaps aware as to what the 1987 caucus is, could you give a brief explanation as to what the 1987 caucus is and, and why it was started? Yeah, so the 1987 caucus um, is uh, a group. It is just an in, well, an in more an informal group, but just a group of young black male members uh, of the Labour Party. Uh, we were formed to, uh, well, first of all, just be a group of young black male members, so to improve representation in that throughout the Labour Party movement, from MPs all the way down to local party officials, and to also raise. Uh, black issues within uh, the Labour Party uh, and the Labour movement. Uh, it, what we do, we have a WhatsApp group where we encourage each other, we give each other opportunities to be involved in uh, areas uh, and just, you know, hype them up to be uh, areas. And we, uh, and uh, externally, we, you know, talk to a lot of organisations, we talk to all the factions, we, uh, and the trade unions in how to improve uh, and then to encourage uh, the black male uh, members in their areas uh, to higher places within their parties and movement. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's a fantastic cause and, and one that um, has, you know, obviously attracted uh, a significant amount of attention and, and, and praise and um, support. I mean, when you first became involved um, with the caucus, what what were your sort of like initial ambitions? Was it just more thinking of it in terms of a, a networking group or a support group? What, what was it that sort of like first made you think um, when you became involved with it and when other people uh, became involved with it and started it? What, what was it that made you think, right, this is something that we, we really need to do, we really need to promote as much as possible? Well, yeah, well, this all started all the way back in, I want to say early 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so literally just before the pandemic. Uh, and so, um, it, I, I was, I'm lucky to say I was there from right at the beginning and this all started in, I want to say January or February where, mm-hmm. uh, there was a rally for Dawn Butler for deputy leader uh, in London. Uh, and I went with a lot of other people. One of the people I bumped into was a guy named Jermaine Jackman. Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, I met and he said how he was talking about his NEC campaign in that rally. And I had a chat with him because I was like saying, you know what? Um, he, he was running at the time. I had to say he was running for the NEC BAME rep. So this was way before the NEC uh, campaign in late 2020 during the mm-hmm. pandemic. This yeah. was when they were electing the first BAME representative for the NEC for the first time in Labour's, well, for the first time directly elected and not through uh, BAME Labour. But uh, Jermaine was talking about that. And then afterwards, I just caught up with him and basically said, hey, it's great seeing you there and great seeing another black man because there's not a lot around, uh, within, especially young black men. And he was like, yeah, I noticed that when I'm traveling the country and uh, not a lot of us, uh, but we have to you know, stick together. Um, 
afterwards uh he lost sadly um and he didn't lose because of membership in fact he got the most membership votes he had around a really impressive campaign but then uh, we found out that the it was because of affiliate votes because it was a it was a it was an electoral college um and so he he sadly failed but after he said he's not gonna but afterwards he said you know i'm not gonna let the, the momentum for my campaign fail so after that he phoned me well just before actually the results he phoned me and he said hey one of the things i've learned is that it's not just a thing that we discuss i get there everywhere so i'm gonna put together a mini network uh of just black men and we'll have to wait and see how it goes uh do you want to be involved and i was like okay sure uh and then we found it in 987 caucus we wrote something we sent it to sienna we had to twitter up and then i just started to get a lot more involved from then on um i helped out any way i can i raised it within open labor which i'm very proud to be the rain rep and we got great significant such significant support from them and then it just kind of grew from there really uh uh so yeah i'll I'll stop it there (laughs) so in, in 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 terms of kind of like the um reaction that you have um got to the group i mean i i presume mo- most of it has been um positive has any of the the reaction you've got uh, in any way surprised you at all surprised um well well first thing it was like a lot of like general good things mm-hmm. generally really really happy feedback basically saying it's great that you're doing this you know keep on doing this solidarity and all that sort of thing a lot of encouragement a lot of surprise when we pump out the statistics Mm. of your uh, black male representation first of all it's really hard to get those statistics because it is very uh it 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 is first very very low and people don't technically want to get those things out yeah yeah um but one thing i was surprised of really was the loudest bunch who the people who were loudest and that was black women members uh who was like saying yeah it's great that you're, you, you're doing it some of the biggest uh cheerleaders for us the biggest cheerleader was us is dawn butler mm. who always attends us who always hype us up and and she was just amazing about when we started off because we didn't know where this was going she just mm. said just keep doing just keep pushing those buttons and you know from all over the country you know black women um just encouraged us a lot when when going through this and um you know some will say you know if black male representation increased they had the most to lose but they they we can't think like that and they don't thankfully they don't think like that they think no no we need more black voices and we especially need more black male voices and Mm. we're going to do all we can to help you because you guys are amazing and i I was really surprised uh by the reaction from there Mm. In in terms of, um, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, there is always going to be um, negative reaction to to, to any um, BAME group because, unfortunately, you know, racism is something that even within the the, the Labour Party we have, uh, of course, seen. Is there something, do you think, um, about political parties that really needs to change that even a, a, a very progressive party like the Labour Party still has um, racist members to it. Do you, do you think that it's something that's wrong with the current structures of political parties or do you think that it's something more to do with wider society? 
That's a good question. Pretty good question. I think uh, in terms of political parties, I think we'll want, we, we always say we are an inclusive bunch. We really need to test that. Uh, you know, you know, parties, you know, parties are important in British society. <laughs> they're important yeah, in British, excuse me, they're, they're important in British politics. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I have to say, because they hold so much power and influence, there'll be people who would use anything to gain those powers and influence, even mm. if that means making this party a less inclusive space. We know that from everywhere. So that mm. includes, you know, not only anti-Mac racism, but also we saw it with anti-Semitism, we saw it with misogyny, we saw it with transphobia and homophobia. Yeah. And, and because people were so vindictive towards power, mm. you know, people will be willing to do anything for that. And I think definitely there's a lot more for parties to do. And I think, of course, factionalism is another big thing. Of course, in 2020, mm. I thought it was one of the worst years because we were all hunkered indoors. We didn't have a lot to do. Mm. Um, and so we, well, I, we try, we all try to organize within the party. And of course, with the NEC, internal NEC elections, that was very, very vindictive, very, very, yeah. because it's very, very important. But also like you saw a lot of things. And so I think, I do believe factionalism has a space. If done well, factionalism can help the party understand the different areas of socialism because socialism is huge it's, it's yeah. vast and we need to debate those different points but we often do factionalism the wrong way which is going down to hunger down to personal tactics and not we fail and and i think factionalism was one of the big reasons why black male representation is so bad is because they don't care about this they only care about which side you're on or which leader you support and i think that really needs to change and i think there's been a there's been a look uh there's been a, a, an acceptance that that needs to change and credit to both the left and the right of the party they both accept that things need to change and they're doing their what they can to to encourage uh people of color to 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 stand more in these internal elections and in and in and in, the, in these areas mm. and i i think it's um i mean you've raised the point um related to, to factionalism there and the divide between left and right. But of course, we see it in terms of the political spectrum as well, um, don't we, with, of course, accusations of racism within the Conservative Party going right to the very top of the Conservative Party. Do you think that um, when um, people from, you know, um, whether they be uh, uh, certain ethnic minority um, backgrounds, see politicians like, for example, the Prime Minister, um, being able to get away with saying things that are, are quite frankly, uh, offensive and downright racist. Do you think that that puts people off uh, from those groups getting involved in politics because they think, well, if he's allowed to become prime minister, having said things that are, uh, frankly, deeply offensive, what's the point of us getting involved? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. You say, like, yeah, I think that's a pretty great way to put it to me. But also, I think for a lot of people, um, they they might have the opposite reaction, which <laughs> means, well, well, if they can do it, I, I can. And But also the fact that what what people say in politics 
is so terrible. I need to get involved to change mm. things for the better. And that's how I got involved in politics yeah. in the first place. Uh, you know, um, seeing, I joined the Labour Party when I was 16. Uh, so Brexit just happened. Mm. Uh, um, you know, we, we, we left the European Union and I was really concerned with the future of the country. And so I was like, what can I do to change things? And uh, my mom gave me a bright idea was to join the Labour Party. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes I wish he never said said that. Uh, <laughs> um, but but that is how uh, things are. Uh, and um, yeah, I think in terms of I, you know, to be in politics. Of course, the sad thing is to be in politics and to do anything meaningful in life, you need to have thick skin. You need mm. to really get uh, not be afraid to to be in a battle for in a battle for things and um being in politics develops that for you uh and even when you have those things said to you or you had yeah. certain things said to your community it's tough but the beautiful thing is you could the response could be one of great solidarity and mm-hmm. ones of great you know importance and so that's you know that's what that's the other side of, of things yeah and, and do you think that's why groups like the 1987 caucus are so important in giving um, black activists, particularly um, young black men, that support that, you know, they, they, they need in, in, in terms of getting uh, perhaps involved or even uh, or more involved with uh, politics and the Labour Party than the, perhaps they are? Absolutely. And uh, I think one great thing about the 1987 caucus, it gives people you know there there'll be people in it there are people in the 97 caucus who have no idea the intricacies and the internals and any idea or any information about the labor party or how to get selected mm. or how to do this that, and the other uh and then there are people who do have that experience who do have that expertise who do have that knowledge and one great thing is we we share that knowledge between each other to know what to do when things happen what to what to say, who to say it to, who to contact, and those sort of things. And one great example I found out uh, just yesterday: one of our members got selected for a council uh, mm-hmm. for uh, a council seat. Uh, so that was great news for us because mm-hmm. um, the last time we checked in the 2018 election, only 87, um, 87 in the whole country uh, of councillors are black men, <laughs> and uh, uh, so at least we got 88 uh from from us uh and so we yeah i think in terms of uh of those networks it is so so important to have those networks because i remember when i first joined the party i didn't know anyone uh i didn't know who to talk to i didn't know who to make friends with uh and going into my first party meeting was a very much of case of i don't know what i'm doing here uh very much of okay what do i do and so we need those friends we need those networks and i definitely help i definitely uh got a lot from meeting friends from speaking to people and 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 expanding my knowledge in in that area and Mm. and so those networks and those things are so not only in politics but everywhere in life is so important Mm. absolutely um i like to just um, turn our attention uh, for a moment back to one of the things that was um, central to uh, the last time you were on the podcast when we did a special on Keir Starmer's first year uh, as leader of the Labour Party, and that was 
how Keir Starmer had done as a Labour leader. And obviously it's a few months on since we did that podcast. So how do you think he's done since we recorded the podcast? Do you think he's uh, gotten better as a leader of the Labour Party, worse, intermediate? What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, ever since I graduated from uni, I've tried to become more constructive in life. Uh, um, I think, I'll be honest, when he first, like, in the, when the year is done, you could tell that he was really, really, I think he was struggling a bit. Um, but you know what? Um, <laughs> I felt like maybe he's grown into it. I think uh, I've gotten a lot more used to Keir Summers' leader. And I think I still get frustrated sometimes when he has the uh, information. But I think, very much recently, he's uh, grown into the role. I think he's become better at some things. Um, there are things I'll disagree with all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the only person I'll um, uh, the only person that I'll dis- I will I'll agree with 100% is myself, and <laughs> that is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, that's that, <laughs> that's not 100% certain. <laughs> um, but Unkir Sama, um, I've grown to to see what he's trying to do. Um, and, you know, I think in, in terms of what happens in India, he's been, he's been doing fine. I'm not gonna, he's not, I'm not gonna say he's the greatest leader since the, I don't know, goes of Clement Attlee. Uh, but listen, you know, it's, I don't know, it's two years ago to election. I don't know if he's going to win it or not, but uh, I think he's just been doing fine. Not great, not terrible, but, uh, fine there's still a lot to be solved but especially on anti-black racism I, well on transphobia i could see he's trying to move more into a pro-trans rights position which is great um, especially over conference when there was a lot of pressure um on anti-black racism um i i i, I actually had a chance to meet him in a black history month and you could tell that he's really trying even though he doesn't really know what to say and what mm. to do but he's really really trying so credit to him on that um, and uh, we, we talked about PMQs his mm-hmm, performances yeah. have become a little bit better um, but you know overall he's just been doing fine but you know let's wait and see until more election results come in especially with the London one next year mm-hmm. yeah and before uh, that London uh, election result we've also got two by-elections coming up in the next month uh, one in Old Bexley and Sidcup and the other in um, North Shropshire. Now, what do you think are going to be the main issues going into those by-elections? One, of course, caused um, by Owen Patterson's resignation after he was found to broke uh, to break lobbying rules. I mean, do you think that that's something that's going to overshadow the by-elections, particularly the one in Patterson's former constituency of North Shropshire? Or do you think that there are going to be other issues that the voters are going to focus on in those two by-elections? One thing I usually get in in by-elections, and one thing that I found out quite quite uh, quite clearly is that, yes, the national issues are important, but local issues are often very, very much like mm. underestimated. And so national journalists will come to these areas and basically say, we want to talk about national issues. I remember Hartlepool, and we mm. all saw that. Uh, one of the biggest issues regarding Hartlepool was um, the, the closure of police stations in that mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Uh, the greatest trick the Conservatives ever pulled was making <laughs> making Hartlepool believe that 
uh, that the police closures was caused by Labour, by the local Labour Council, not by national Tory cuts. Um, but in terms of um, the by-elections, the two by-elections coming up, I think it's great. Well, one thing, for, one thing I have to say is both of them are in safe Tory seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not really in a, pro, in a mood of like reading into them and say, well, two years time, this... Well, this will show two years time that this will happen and that will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus these sort of by-elections might usually have a low turnout. Um, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, especially, you know, the weather's quite crap. Uh, um, you know, those things happen. And and so, um, I, I've, especially North Shropshire, uh, you know, people, as I say, oh, it's going to be a Tory seat, but how many people they're going to bring back a Tory and probably around the same numbers. They might be a drop and that might be related to Tory sleaze, um, but <laughs> I mm. highly doubt it. And all mm-hmm. into the cup, I think it'll be the same. They'll probably return a Tory, maybe because I think that will be a little bit interesting because it is sort of that blue wall scene and we're all wondering whether that blue fade is an actual electoral thing rather than uh, rather than a just like a, another, just like a... a people desperately trying to recreate the red wall, but Tory. Mm. Um, but we have to wait and see what happens uh, in those areas. Mm. And you mentioned um, the London elections that are, of course, coming up um, next year. I mean, what are you thinking of in terms of the results of the London elections? Are there any particular um, races that you're going to be focusing on and, and, and looking at and potentially campaigning for? Well, first of all, I've got to concentrate on my own local council in Enfield. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Enfield and proud, so <laughs> I have to concentrate. Uh, I want to put all all my heart and soul in, into into that because I love my I love my patch and I love the labour and I love a labour council. So I want to keep a labour council in Enfield. Um, so that will probably be it. But it'll be very very interesting, of course, uh, uh, especially a year after Steve Khan. Um, the mayoral elections in Sadiq Khan and it was seen as a little bit disappointing. Uh, the fact that, you know, t- well, 10 years ago, we, London was always very, very close between the Tories and Labour, but then nowadays we're very, very disappointed that we didn't win the mayoral elections in the first round. So you mm. see how much uh, politics has changed. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, yeah, he was disappointing, but um, I, in terms of the London council elections, I think, I think one thing that might be interesting to see how many people will actually turn into the will actually go to Greens or will actually go to Lib Dems as an alternative for Labour because um, I think ever since Keir Starmer came in, like I think people really underestimate like how much the Greens have grown mm. uh, and they've grown and I think I saw a statistic that there are more there are more uh, there are more uh, Labour voters who went to Green since Keir Starmer's leadership than Sun readers. Like sun readers in circulation, mm. and of course with the Labour leadership writing for the Sun uh, and and that kind of stuff, you know, it puts everything in perspective. Uh, so mm. I guess to so we have to wait. I, I don't want to be boring. I don't want to be like, but we have to wait and see. Especially as we come closer to the day, we don't know what will be the political issues mm-hmm. uh, that will dominate the day. Probably stuff like policing. Probably stuff like the environment, um, transport. You know those those sort of things, but those pop up. I do hope, I do hope we don't resort to nimbyism mm-hmm. because you know I hate I hate nimbyism because <laughs> uh, housing is such an important issue, mm-hmm. and 
when when people try to be or try to go into nimbyism, especially in Enfield, mm-hmm. I basically go to them and say, well, what you're saying is that I don't deserve to own a home here um, because, you know, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You, you're saying that we shouldn't build houses. So you're saying I don't deserve to own a home. You're saying you're fine. Let's not buy houses for the next generation. Um, build houses for the next generation. I, 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 but, you know, those labor councils up and down the country for these local elections really need to think big, especially in terms of housing, mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that... Uh, you know, homes are built, good homes uh, are built because that would be, that is so, so important because we are facing a generation that will not own homes. Uh, and I think that will be an economic catastrophe. I, I'm not an economic nerd, but, you know, I feel like that 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 doesn't sound right. You know, mm. when, when, we'll, when in like, what, 50, 60, 70 years, we'll have an entire uh, generation of pensioners who are renting, you know, mm. that will be you know, something I don't want to pick. But then again, you know, on the bright side, the planet could burn by then. So <laughs> we might not even live till then. Uh, but but those are the things that we have to consider going into the local elections next year. Certainly an upbeat note to, uh, to end on our... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. No, no, we, we may be able to save it with um, the last question. And the very last question that I have to ask you is this. We're coming up to Christmas and people are obviously going to be buying uh, Christmas presents galore. So my final question to you is this. If you had to buy one Christmas present for the Prime Minister and for Keir Starmer, leader of the Labour Party, what Christmas presents would you buy for those two? Oh, man, that is a <laughs> good question. And I am so... Um, in terms of... The prime minister um i am you know um i am from i'm from eritrea so uh, eritrea which is in east africa uh, just above ethiopia uh it also has one of the populations of the highest uh with the highest refugee refugee populations of course very very topical considering what's mm-hmm. happening this week yeah um and I think with the prime minister, not only the prime minister and those government's comments regarding refugees and immigrants, uh, it's very, very disheartening, especially for me as someone who is a son of refugees. Mm. So um, I would buy, um, I will buy uh, the prime minister. Uh, a, I'll send a copy of my mother's book because she recently got herself a PhD, mm-hmm. which I'm so proud of. Uh, and her PhD a dissertation was on uh, trauma uh, in refugees and how she developed a, a plan, uh, how she just developed a, uh, a process called trust, mm-hmm. which used digital um, mobile phones and, and digital properties to help, uh, to help deal with trauma among refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to let him know of the stuff that refugees have to go through. They don't travel to the UK because they want to spend their money. They travel to the UK because they want to go for safety. In terms of Keir Starmer, that's even tougher. Um, uh, I would buy Keir Starmer. What would I buy? I would buy him. I'm going to... You know what? I will buy... uh, I will buy him a tour of my beloved Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> uh, I used uh, I, uh, I used to work there as a tour guide, um, so I would personally tour him around Chelsea. 
Uh, I'll show him the Champions League because it's not in his beloved Arsenal, the only place in London that has it. Um, but also, you know, something about, you know, Chelsea has always been the epitome of success, uh, even even through the tough times. Mm. Uh, and so maybe uh, Keir Sama could learn a thing or two. I mean, there's a, that is a, I don't, uh, that is a really bad answer, but <laughs> I, you know what, this makes me, this makes me really appreciate one of my favorite answers uh, was Jeremy Corbyn's when he said, what would you buy Boris Johnson? And he was like saying a Christmas carol, uh, a book of a Christmas carol. And that was an amazing answer. But uh, yeah, that's those were the two things I'll get for, for Boris Johnson and Kiss. Well, I, th- I think there are, uh, those are two fantastic gifts. And I'm sure that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure both of them would uh, <laughs> find them uh, interesting gifts to receive. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast Armin um, if people want to find out more about you about the 1987 caucus and about um, your mother's book where should they go to find out all these various things oh well so the 1987 caucus follows follow us on Twitter we got uh, hopefully we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff in the new year especially relating to the Ford report which I've just heard might be published in January which is really really good really really mm-hmm. important so we'll be doing a lot of work a lot of talking with uh, factions and groups over that. Uh, in terms of me, literally just follow me on Twitter, uh, Armin Tesfai. Um, uh, I tweet a lot about, well, did I, well, politics in general, but also a lot of Chelsea stuff. Uh, in terms of my mom's book, uh, it, it is uh, Dr. Selam Kidane, uh, and uh, I'll make sure I'll link it somewhere uh, afterwards. I'll, maybe I'll send you a link. Yeah, um, yeah I'll add it into the description. Yes. Um, and yeah, so those are the things. Also, uh, if you are in Labour and you, well, if you are a black man in the Labour Party, give me on the 90s some caucus a DM. Uh, we'd love to have hear from you. Um, but also, you know, those of open Labour, uh, we are doing some very exciting stuff, especially around liberation, uh, which I am penning with Abby Berinsky and a bunch of other people. So shout out to them. But those are the things that, you know, we want to say around for. Fantastic. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Debated Podcast, like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.